Good morning, Rock Bible. How y'all doing? So um, I want to share with you guys, uh, so about 80 years ago, Ashley and I went to the first Sunday service of the new year at Rock Bible Church, and we haven't looked back besides a couple of times. And uh, uh, 2015 is crazy. So this specifically is a very special service to us. We're, we're always, even if I'm not preaching, I'm always going to be here because it's, it's special. So what is that like? Yeah, like 80 years, I think. So it is great. We are looking forward to the future. Uh, 2022 was a hard year, but honestly, um, you know, from outsider's view and all that stuff, it was one of the greatest years, you know. We're, we're like the greatest places of worship forever and ever, I guess. So, you know, so it's just, it's a cool place. Um, on a funny note, Scott, it, I, I always tell this story because I want people to understand who I am. And if I was to sum up myself and my life into like 10 stories, this would be one of them. About four years ago, Scott approached me with a proposal and he said, hey, just want you to start thinking. Started, I just started preaching here more regularly. And he's like, hey, uh, just want you to start thinking about something. Uh, you know, it's the, there's a Christmas uh, service and then there's a New Year's service. And um, I'm, I'm really, and this is Scott talking, and I'm, I'm really set on preaching every single Christmas. But I was wondering if you want to um, start preaching New Year's service just regularly every single year. And I thought about it and he said, well, um, I say this because the downside is you may have to go to bed early and not stay up until midnight. And I said, yes, <laughs> instantly. And, and, I'm, and another time I've never looked back. And now I have the greatest excuse ever to go to bed at like 8.30 last night. And hey, hey, you're so, so okay, none of that. So uh, super excited. I do have some announcements for you. I uh, started off kind of sad one this Saturday. It's Carol's uh, funeral service right here. Uh, this is your formal invitation. So if you have not received one, this is it. Uh, if you think that someone is supposed to be there or doesn't know about it, just tell them. It's okay to, you know, double up on the information so that, you know, we could pack this place out. Uh, it's it's the Saturday, 4 p.m., and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a rough one, but we're going to get through, and uh, we, need to, we need to do it. So, um, yeah, so please come. Please support the family. Uh, all that good stuff. So, and the next, uh, the day after that, next Sunday, uh, after the service, we're going to do a uh, Mexico meeting for the Mexico. So, if you are planning on going or want to know or any of that stuff, uh, show up. So, please do that. It's it's a great time uh, to ask questions. No dumb questions. That is that is absolutely the best meeting to go to if you have any questions because there's no judgment or anything like that. Maybe a little bit of judgment, but it's okay. So, uh, I'm going to pray and then we're going to get started. If you want to open up your Bibles, we're going to continue through Romans because we, we remember Romans that we started two years ago and we're still in and we're, we're, we're trucking through. So, uh, dear Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for... Uh, new years, new promises, new covenants, new abilities, all, all the stuff that comes with it, God. And, and we know that, that nothing has changed from last year, really, but everything has changed because we are silly, finite people who live within time. And sometimes we need to be reminded that, uh, hey, we get a fresh start 
not only in life, but we get a fresh start with you every single day, God. And that is a great, super great feeling, God, multiple times a day because you know we need it, Father. Just pray for this time and pray that it is pleasing to you, God. Pray for all these things in your name. Amen. So we are uh, starting off in Romans 14. Um, I rhymed this today. So if you look at your title, it's you got to say it a certain way. It's not 20. It's, you know, it's two, two, it's guilt-free in 2023. So you know it's true because it rhymes. I know I had to do my one pastor joke. I'm done. No more pastor jokes, I promise. So we're going to continue right on. Um, this is a super um, interesting chapter of the Bible, and I think it's crucial that Paul is the one who's talking here, and I think it's crucial that we understand um, that we are sensitive people. And, and I, I'm saying that being the most sensitive of people. And even though I'm, I'm 6'10", and I put on this big manly man out and all that stuff, uh, I get defensive sometimes. And, and we have to understand that the Bible, uh, a lot of times, especially Paul, especially James does it too, but especially Paul, he sets you up, um, he puts the ball on a tee, and you hit the ball, and then he's, he's like, jokes, we're playing swimming. You know, like he sets you up for one thing, and you're like, yeah, let's go, let's go. Yeah, I totally, totally, totally. And then he just changes one little thing, and then you're the bad guy. So I, want, I, I, I don't want any of us to be surprised, and I don't want us to be shocked, because when I read this for the first time, I was surprised and shocked and defensive and all those things. And, and I didn't learn, and I want us all to learn, because we only have a few minutes here, and I want us to learn from this. So uh, to, to put it in perspective, let's talk about this with talking about the first verse here. And he starts it off great. He says, as for the one who is weak in faith, holy cow, how do you just alienate so many people? Just say like, hey, you know all those weak people? You know all those people of faith that are weak and all those things, Right. Uh, we're going to start talking about them, right? Now, all of us, we have all done two things. We've all said, that's not me. And two, it's who, who is it? We've already said, oh, I know who that is. It's that person, it's that person, it's that person. When we're talking about this word of weak, I want you to start asking yourself, how do you define that? I'm not talking about muscles. I'm not talking about anything. Weak in the faith specifically. So how do we define this? Hopefully he does, and I'm sure he does because I've read this before. Uh, but but he's, we're trying to figure out what does that mean? Who is that specifically? So as for the one who is weak in the faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. Opinions. That is a very interesting statement. Very interesting verse. We could do an entire month on this one verse. What are problems between churches? 100% of the time. Quarrels over opinions. We do not fight over Jesus. I'm just telling you this right now. I've never had a fight with another church over Jesus. I've never had a fight over, is God real? Does heaven exist? Does hell exist? I've never had those fights. What kind of fights have I had? Opinions. 99.9999999999 every single person when we have problems and I'm saying we within the church what kind of fights do we have opinions i don't like paint color i don't like seat color i insane opinionated does not matter does not matter and this is what we're fighting over the most 
ministry. People are getting thrown out of pastoral positions. People are quitting churches, not because of any other reason. The top reason why people are leaving ministry, issues with people. They don't like his playing style, worship pastors. They don't like the song choice. They don't like this, that, the other. They don't care that they're, wor- that it's, hey, it's worshiping God. Yeah, but you didn't play my song. And I get down on that one song and I praise the Lord, you know? And, and, you know, that pastor is great and he's wonderful and he's teaching the Bible, but ugh, he doesn't dress a certain way and he looks weird. And you get what I'm saying? Opinionate. It just, it, it's insane, but it happens time and time again. So that was an entire month's sermon in a couple sentences, okay? I just saved you. You could, you could apply that to everything in your life. What happens with fights in your family? Do you care? Uh, that, hey, you love each other. You know you love each other, but there's a lot of opinions that get in the way that simply do not matter. Simple, and at the end of the day, you almost have to step back and say, hey, I love you so much. I'm not going to fight over this with you because I know it's going to make a rift in between us. And it's easy to say that in marriage because, you know, most of us are married and most of us can experience that on an hourly basis. But like when we go into our jobs, what do we fight with our bosses over? How to do things. What's important? Opinions, right? Just things that simply do not matter. So when we take it to a church level, as Christians, we say, hey, the most important thing is Jesus, but you also have to care about its opinions. If we go and simply just share the love of Christ, you know what happens? People care about the love of Christ. It's crazy. Who would have known, you know? Verse two, one person believes, and now we're going to start giving into, hey, you know what are some opinions? You know what are some things that are lesser, that, that don't really matter in the grand scheme of things? He's going to start giving us a list for the rest of the chapter. So get ready. What, so, so uh, okay, I'm going to do it. Okay, so what, what, who is that weak person in faith? One person believes, I know, don't get ahead of me, don't do it. One person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Eats only vegetables. Remember, how does this start? As for one who is weak in faith, welcome him. I can sit up here and as much as I want to, shame and belittle and make fun of and man, eat some meat. Have you tried it? It's great, right? I can do all that stuff. I'm not gonna, uh, but, uh, but what were we supposed to do? The very first sentence, welcome him, care about him, right? One person uh, believes he may eat anything while the, uh, the, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Why? Why does that person eat only vegetables? Not because they're weak, right? Good one. (laughs) Let's keep going. Let not one who eats despise the one who abstains. Don't hate them just because they don't eat meat, right? Is this a lesson for me? Why did God make me? Okay, (laughs) right? And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. It's a two-way road. Remember, this isn't opinions about, hey, I'm right, you're wrong. I need to teach you. I need to show you that it's okay to eat meat. 
I need to show you that it's not okay to eat meat. It's, yeah, you know what? It's okay. Yeah, you know what? It's okay. Why? doesn't matter. It's opinions. Opinions. For God has welcomed him. What right do we have to pass judgment when the judge has welcomed him? Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. We can't ever forget that, that hey, you know what? This, this, this servant in Christ needs help, and I'm going to teach them. Uh, what have you just done? Elevated yourself. Elevated yourself. You know what? This person that is lower and, and they may not have as much money as me and they not may, may not have as many degrees as me and all this stuff. I need to look and I need to pity them and I need to show them the grace and, and the mercy and the love of pork ribs because it is amazing. And I need, and I need all these things that don't matter. And, 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 and what we are really doing is saying, hey, I know you're a servant of Christ, but I'm not really. We are all servants of Christ. So when we're saying, hey, you know what? Uh, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do the other thing, right? It's putting this unnecessary tension once again because of opinions. The focus is not on Christ. It's on meat and vegetables. Not on Christ. It's on meat. It's a silly, pointless argument. One person, here's another example. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Why in the world would Paul, think about this, talking to primarily Jewish people, bring up food and days? Feasts, sab, pork. You remember all this stuff? So he's, he's literally in the top two things. He's nailing the biggest arguments of the day. Accusations that, Hey, uh, you can't eat this. You can't do that. You can't, uh, you can't eat fish, but not on, you know, all those things. And also dealing with the Sabbath saying, Hey, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday is holy and you can't do certain things and you can't press buttons. And you can't turn on the lights. Guess what? All of this is all of this brought up in these two short, one paragraph and one sentence. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Is the juxtaposition here that one day matters and the other person just looks at every day as pointless? What does it say? Esteems all days alike, views them highly, says, hey, not only did God, is God the God of the Sabbath, not only does God command us to rest and be at peace and love and care for one another on the Sabbath, he wants us to do it every single day. But if that's not how you view it, if you say, I need, absolutely need that one day to make it holy, to dedicate it to the Lord, who is right? Both. Thank you, Rock Bible Church. It's Jesus or both. That's the only answer is acceptable here, right? Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, remember this, eats in honor of the Lord. Why are they doing these things? They're, they're honoring the Sabbath. They're not eating meat. Why? Because guess what? 
They're honoring the Lord since he gives thanks to God while the one who abstains abstains in honor of the uh, and gives thanks to God. For, uh, for none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. We are a community. Man, that's a good C word. We should like bring that into who we are, you know? We should look at ourselves as community and not care about uh, silly opinionated things. Verse 8, for if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be the Lord both in the in, uh, both of the death, uh, both of the dead, and of the living. Right? You live, you live for Christ. You die, you die for Christ. And that is absolutely true for the person who is living differently than you. We get stuck on this, the matter of, hey, if you are a Christian, you, have, you start off, you say, hey, you are a Christian, let's work backwards. Your life looks like this, right? You say, for me to be a Christian, I got to start going to church and I got to start reading my Bible and I'm doing all these things, right? The to-do list that I've been talking about for so long. And when we focused not on living like Christ, not on our relationship with Christ, but all of these ways to do that, we get stuck that on our own life, but then we start applying that to other people's lives. It's not just about reading your Bible. Is hey, you're not a Christian unless you read your Bible first thing in the morning. Because I'm, I'm thinking about myself and I'm applying that to other people. I'm not looking at their own life and saying, hey, how are they living like Christ? How are they becoming more like Christ? I'm simply looking at the fruit, the secondary things, the opinions and making them the most important thing, right? And that's whether if you live or die or anything else, right? That's kind of all things. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? So this is moving into the next step. This isn't just someone. This isn't a random person. This isn't just even, even another servant of Christ. This is someone who's your brother, your sister, someone who's actually physically connected to you. We are in the family of Christ. This is a role, a position that is taken, that is given unto you, right? Why do you pass judgment on your brother or you? Why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Why have I seen more times than I would care about Christians hating other Christians? Opinions. You're doing worship wrong. You're doing life wrong. You're not doing this, not doing that. And it's not focusing on the relationship. It's not being, it's doing. Every time, every single time I see it. It's not, hey, I'm worried about their actual physical role in Christ, their actual physical person in Christ. It's, hey, they're not doing this. They're, the list that I'm forcing upon them, they aren't, they aren't accomplishing it. Those are the issues that I see time and time again. Dear, where am I? Sorry, I should have, I should have warned you. You always got in 11. Thank you. For it is written, uh, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account to himself, to God, of himself, to God. Why? 
why does this all matter? Why should I not care if you say, hey, I'm not going to eat meat because I, I have personal convictions and all that stuff? Why? I dare I say, should I support it and not even not even just say, ah, I'm a, you know, whatever, you can hey, do you, but why should I support that and care about that? Judgment happens? I'm not going to judgment for that person. They aren't for me. I have to give an account for my actions. God, and this is, thank the Lord, hypothetical. God has told me not to eat meat, and I've lived in defiance of that every single day of my life. Who has to go on judgment for that? I have to stand in front of the creator of the universe he says, hey, I gave you this specific thing. You're not supposed to eat me. You're not supposed to drink. You're not, fill in the blank, whatever it may be. Why didn't you listen? Well, um, Rand, do we have a Randy? We don't have a Randy. Okay. Rand, Randy told me it was okay to eat meat, so I, didn't, I ate all the meat. Joe Bob said it was cool to drink, so I drank. Right? It's crazy, and 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 don't. Don't put words in my mouth. Don't misunderstand me. Um, if, I, if, if I don't feel bad about murder, is that okay to murder? <laughs> no, thank you. Don't answer it. I'm afraid someone's going <laughs> to, you know, <laughs> right? All these things, it's, it's above and beyond. There's absolute truth here. There is a set of rules above and beyond. Remember, opinions, things that do not matter. These are all opinions, right? Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. See, what does that mean? A hindrance, a stumbling block. You're running, right? You hit a, hindrance, you hit a stumbling block, you stumble, you fall over, right? What does that mean in your walk of Christ? Remember, all of this is set in the viewpoint that you are giving up meat a day, whatever it may be, to honor Christ, now, if a brother, a sister comes in my life and says, no, you can't do that. What they're really saying is, no, you can't honor Christ. I want to honor Christ in the way I eat, the, the way I drink, the way I act. And someone says, no, you don't do that. They're saying, hey, uh, no, I'm going to do everything I can in my power to stop you from honoring Christ. It sounds insane, but that's actually what's going on, right? Therefore, uh, stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. Verse 14, I know uh, I, and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. So he's going back to the food thing, right? But it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. You don't want to? Great. You, you think it's wrong, it's a sin. If you think it's a sin and you do it, guess what? It's a sin. If you say, I am dishonoring God by working on Sunday, guess what? Every time you go to work on Sunday, you are dishonoring God, right? And this is Paul. This is the guy, the same guy who said, hey, I think everyone should, should be single. I don't think anyone should be married because there's a lot of stuff going on. So the same guy who's saying that, he's understanding that, hey, this is my life. This, this is not of God. This is my opinion is saying this, that, hey, if, if getting married is not wrong, if he got married, ooh, that's hard. 
That's tough stuff, right? That goes into a lot of different implications for our lives, right? For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, hurt by what you eat, you should eat a whole raw slab of beef in front of them. You've seen those videos. I've wanted to do those videos, but right? I'm having it in, right? You are no longer walking in love. Yeah, uh, understand that, hey, that person can't eat, can't drink, can't do whatever it is, but guess what? What you do around them matters. So it's not just, hey, I feel bad for drinking, I shouldn't drink, right? Well, I don't feel bad for drinking, so I'm going to drink, and I'm going to do it around you, him, whoever. Is that what it's saying? For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. Whoo! Tough sentence. So you do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, once again, an opinion, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by man. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by man. There's, there's two parts of that, and a lot of Christians today like the first part, but don't like the second part, if I'm honest. And there's a lot more Christians who like the second part and don't like the first part. Understanding that, hey, God has given you a set of rules and also a set of guidelines and a conscious and a Holy Spirit to be your helper. So live by it. He's also given you a community. And all of that community has been given a set of rules and a conscious and a helper to guide them. And we can't live with, with this understanding that, hey, it's whatever I do, it's only Jesus, only God can judge me. It doesn't matter, right? We can't also live with, hey, I got to live just by, I can't offend anybody, right? It's both. You have to live acceptable to God and approved by man. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. Have you ever asked the question, why we don't serve wine on communion? I, I struggled with that. I was fresh out of seminary and I said, there is way more from the Bible straight up saying, when you're doing communion, you need to have unleavened bread and wine. And how dare we serve grape juice? It is straight. There's no, and gosh, if you get into the whole grape juice is wine and the, what, I don't care. It's wine. It says that there's alcohol, right? Do not seek for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but is, it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine 
or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. Why don't we? Maybe there's somebody who's struggling with that here. And how dare we serve something that's going to make that person stumble and struggle and fight and cause them to sin? It took me a while to get to that point because I didn't like it, honestly. And it's something very simple and very silly. But I, I just, when it comes to communion, I was like, it, it's, it's blatantly obvious. We have something so easy. And then I look at something like this and I'm like, oh, maybe not so obvious. <laughs> right? Maybe we can't just open and just have an open bar and say, hey, this is Jesus' body. Did you drink it? You know, like all that stuff. We got to approach it with, hey, could this make someone struggle, stumble, fall? Sin. The point of communion is Jesus, and in doing so, we could cause someone to sin. <laughs> it's crazy. Verse 22, the, uh, the faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is from uh, is not from faith. For whatever uh, for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So the question at the beginning is: Is who is weak? Is it us or them? It's both. Yep. Thank you. Absolutely both, because that's sometimes I have no problem with what I eat, I have no problem with what I drink, I have no problem with most of my life, but at the same time, <laughs> on this other side, I judge. I look and I say, Man, you gotta progress, you need to be free, freedom with Christ. You're not held back anymore. Yeah, I get it, you were an addict 30 years ago. You're not that. What are they doing? Doing the right thing. And in my own life, I have to say, hey, you know what? Maybe uh, I'm not the strongest Christian on the planet. And maybe just because everyone else in the room is doing something or saying something or whatever, I maybe don't want to do that thing. For me, I'm just, this is, this is me now. Don't, you don't want to, you know, like do the stuff that I was doing, right? right? So in high school, I was like a sailor. I was like a 14-year-old kid, white kid from San Ramon, sailor, just cussing left, right, and center all the way. And because and, and, I, I was like, I was this private school kid. I went to Cal, and I was like, well, everyone else is doing it. And I was like 6'4". So, you know, like, well, hello, everyone else is doing it. So, you know, I'm going to start doing it. And I did it. I did it too much. And at one point, I just started cussing. I didn't even realize it. And then I said, ooh, maybe I should stop. And at that moment, I wish I said, hey, you know what? It's not for me. Uh, you could do it. You could do it. I don't care. You know, it's, it, if you, if you, you know, all that, but it's not for me. I took it too far because that's who I am. And I said, no one could do this, this evil act, and it's wrong, it's sin, and all these things. And I put all of those expectations, all those opinions on other people, and uh, maybe uh, I was a little weak in that, and maybe I was a little too heavy-handed in that, and, and I missed the point. I was, I was looking at that to-do list and not that be list, right? The, the how do you be a Christian? So uh, may the Lord bless the reading of his word, amen? Okay, we got a couple things to fill in. Um, I wanted to give you a, because this is what I've been thinking about. I've been ro rotating on for the last month or two, I think, two, three months now, 
is this idea of guilt, this idea that, that uh, focusing too much on the to-do list and not the to-be list. So once again, I gave you uh, the three Bs of how to be guilt-free in 2023. So here we go. The first one is be united with yourself. Be united with yourself. Now that makes, uh, it's kind of silly, but when you think about it, um, it's true. Most of this chapter was talking about, hey, guilt. The idea that God has imprinted something in your life, in someone else's life, and, and you may or may not be living according to that. I strongly believe that God has put something on my heart and in your heart that we should live above and beyond the standard amount. Whatever the standard is, you know, we should live beyond and beyond it, right? Uh, there's a lot of people. I, I, I bring this up be, not to focus on it, but because it's so prevalent in our area, right? The idea of tithe is not the max. The idea of tithe is not like a one time you're done. The, the idea of tithe, 10% of what you get, that's minimum. That's just what God is asking everybody, right? Now, what if God blesses you a little bit more? What if he's calling you to give a little bit more, right? When you're living in not unity with God and not unity with what yourself, what you want, how you feel, you're not going to have a lot of, uh, you're going to have a lot of guilt in your life, right? We make these lists, these, these New Year's resolutions of the things that we want to be, right? And we, we make this giant list and at the end of the year. We feel bad because we didn't lose this, that, the other thing. Why? Well, we have what we've written down, but our true desires aren't those things, we live in constant torment, and, and then we get to the end, and, and it's just guilt. It's, wow, I didn't succeed. I, I failed. I'm a terrible human being. The basic things that I wanted to do, I didn't uplift, right? Uh, why have we used guilt in so many ways? Because it works, right? There is this, um, there's this trend going around the internet specifically about inner peace, uh, finding inner peace, and and a lot, of, a lot of it is from uh, just Hindi traditions and religions and a lot around the world. Just people are looking, how do you get inner peace? And they come from the stand, and which by the way, Christians have been doing inner peace before. It's cool, by the way. I mean, we've been doing that for a while. Uh, and they come from an, a standpoint of how do I achieve inner peace? Well, I have to guilt myself into doing these things. I have to guilt myself into losing weight. I have to guilt myself into doing those things. And we've built... This, this positive reinforcement of negative behavior that, hey, this has worked for me. Guilt has done great things in my life. It has lost this weight, has done all these things. Guilt cannot get you inner peace. And the, the statement that we want to say is that guilt is not my motivator to inner peace. You can write that down. You don't have to. Guilt cannot be a motivator for inner peace. That is not how we should operate. That is not how God operates. That is not guilt. That is not a symbol of guilt. You do not wear that around your neck to feel bad. That is not any of that. It is a symbol of love. You got to love who you are. You got to love what you do. And if you are doing things that you feel bad about, you will not have inner peace. <laughs> Plain and simple. You feel bad that you eat meat. You're going to feel bad when you eat meat. You feel bad when you drink. You're going to feel bad when you drink. Fill in the blank. Do any of that. 
plain and simple. You will not get near to peace when you have guilt, right? And this is, once again, above and beyond the Ten Commandments, right? Um, uh, number two, so uh, uh, be united with yourself. Guilt is not my motivator to inner peace. Number two, be united with others. Be united with yourself, be united with others. Um, and the idea of this is, is guilt, and this is that key that you can write down or not, guilt is not my currency to bring me closer to others. Guilt is not my currency to bring me closer to others. We think that it works. I guilted my child into going to church. I guilted my child into going to uh, eating veggies. I guilted my child into going to school. It's guilt and guilt and guilt. And I've seen this time and time and time after. And guess what? That child grows up. And that, guess what? That child goes to college. And your guilt is gone? What do you think they're going to do? The home that they have associated with guilt and pain, and weakness, and, and, just, and just thriving, just pressure? You think they're going to go home to that? You're going to do the opposite. Because we don't want to. So yeah, the short term, it may be working. Yeah, hey, you could guilt your wife into doing this. You can guilt your husband into doing this. You can guilt those around you to do pretty much anything you want. It's going to happen, but it's not going to bring them closer to you. How to compel ourselves and others to Christ? It will not be by guilt. It will not be by shaming them because they went to two church services this year, Easter and Christmas. It will not be by guilting them into service. And it will not be into any of that stuff. Why? Because they will do it. They will absolutely do it. And they will be doing it for the wrong motivations and the wrong reasons. When we guilt our kids into doing things and not this positive, I love you, so I need you to go to church. I love you, so I want you to go to school and get a degree and eat your ve- I lo- it- vegetables. vegetables. Eat your meat. It's Bible. Eat your meat, right? <laughs> right? It's constant guilt. Yeah, the short game we're going to win, folks, but that negative behavior that we've been positively reinforcing, the second they get out of that, Oh, this isn't normal? Oh, I, I, the church doesn't have to guilt me into paying money and the church doesn't have to guilt me into serving and all that And I could do it because I want to do it? Oh, I'm going to do that. Obvious, but we, that's how we act, right? So uh, be united with yourself, be united with others. And lastly, most importantly, be united with God. Be united with yourself, be united with others, be united with God. And, and, and here's the last point, and here's um, kind of how it all kind of comes together, I feel like. And, and here's the key that you can write down if you don't want to, it's fine. Guilt does not compel me towards God. I said this before, but if you think you're getting closer to God because you are guilting yourself, you're wrong. God is love. If you're guilting yourself, that ain't God. It's some sick, twisted version of yourself, your, your whoever, it's some society, it's something else, someone else. It ain't God. 
if the only reason why you are at church today is because you guilted yourself out of bed or, or, or you, you wanted to show it to Scott and go to church more than he has in 2023, which is what I did, right? Uh, if that's the only reason why you're here, folks, sorry to tell you, you should have stayed in bed. If the only reason why you pray is guilt, he's not on the other line. <laughs> you're not talking to him. If the only reason why you're, you're reading the Bible or, or having talk time is because I made a meme or you got challenged by Megan or you, you, you're like, oh, I'm going to read my Bible because my wife is looking and my kids are looking. I have to. Does that sound like you're getting closer to God? It doesn't even sound like it. <laughs> Now, if you're, if, you're honestly say, if you're honestly praying and saying, I need this, I love God and I want to talk to him more, even if the prayer is garbage and you just have the worst prayer and you're just like, uh, Jesus, uh, uh, thank you for trees and amen. But you are honestly approaching that with, I need to talk to God because I love him and he loves me. Does that sound like a very good reason to pray? Does that sound like a better prayer that you practice day and night and you've said a million times, but you don't have any relationship with God? Absolutely. Holy cow. If we just approach these simple life things, not out of guilt, not out of stress, not out of fear, but we simply approach it with, hey, God is love, maybe I should approach this from a loving standpoint. It changes everything, you guys. Um, because, uh, yeah, but, but uh, I, I was, so today, for those of you online, right, we're doing communion. For those of us in here, we're doing communion. Uh, if you want to get your, you know, if you have some grape juice from last night, go get it. But um, uh, communion, I, I was looking back a couple weeks ago, I was like, man, do you do communion? Scott's not going to be here. It's the first of the month. Uh, there's, there's, historically, there's not going to be a lot of people here. Maybe we should just put it back a week, right? I'm sitting there, and I'm talking to myself, and I was like, man, is there a possible better way to start the year than being united with God? I don't know. I no. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> right? It, it's looking at this simple act of communion and saying, you know what? This year, I'm going to spend it being united to God, not in a stressful way. Not I'm not taking this out of fear. I'm not taking this out, out of out, out of pressure. I'm not taking this out of guilt because you easily could. The whole thing of communion. Spoiler alert. Jesus died because of you, because he loves you, right? How easy for us could it be to take communion and weep and cry and say, wow, I am a terrible human being that God came down and died for little old me. And so much of the time, we don't even take it that far. It's, it's out of apathy. It's out of just, eh. It's this thing we do once a month. 2023, I challenge you guys, every time you take communion, take it as an opportunity to be united with yourself, with others, with God. If we, we, we tend to do this where 
you, you go, you take it, you dip it in the cup, head back to your seat, and, and, and it might not even be gone by the time you get to back to your seat, which is fine, right? No judgments, right? We're not doing, I don't operate in guilt. That's, that's just my thing, right? But take it back to your seat, spend a moment. What do I feel bad over? What do I have guilt over? How do I achieve inner peace? Right now in these five seconds or so, what do I need to do to, to be united with myself? What actions am I taking that I know are wrong? What actions am I not taking that I know is right? Nextly, once you've done that, it might take a minute or two. Don't be scared. You could sit here. No one's going to kick you out. We don't got second service, right? I mean, who cares, you know? You'd stay here for Spanish church. I don't care, right? Uh, you could, so take a second. United with yourself. Ask those questions. Secondly, united with others. What opinions have separated you from other people? What things have you put over other people? Fighting with my mom because of this. I'm fighting with my dad. Uh, a billion people just came in my house, and then there was a month, and a billion more people came in my house. It's a little stressful. I had a couple of fights, right? Hypothetically, right? <laughs> what opinions, what things, what things do I need to do to get united, not only with myself, but with other people? Every time, communion, 2023. You don't have to, you just can. Lastly, how do I be united with God? What things has God put on my life that I'm doing or not doing? Simple questions can cause you to guilt. Remember, does not lead you to God. Don't do that. You do not operate in guilt. In love. How can I be closer to love? The very definition of love. What things can I do? We pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this time. We just thank you for communion, what it means, Father. I just thank you that you have given us the opportunity to experience communion. Um, it is not every day that, that we get an opportunity. It is every day, but it's not every day that we realize that we have an opportunity to be united with you. And I, and I pray that you shake that from us. I pray that, that out of love we operate differently than 2022, that we no longer operate out of guilt, that it is not a currency, it's not compelling, that we do not do things out of guilt because every time that will lead us to scary places, every time that will lead us away from you, God. You are love, you are a guidance, you are a helper. Let us recognize that guilt in our own lives and get rid of it. Let us, let us find ways to unite with you, unite with others, and unite with ourselves, God. Pray for all these things in your name. Amen. So during this last song, come up whenever you feel led um, and, and take the bread and dip it into the cup. And, and if, if you can, if you want to, uh, if that sounds like your thing, take a moment. And when you're ready, whenever that is, the bread might get stale. It's okay. It might be in an hour. It might be in 30 seconds. Just, just uh, spend some time alone, silent, uh, thinking about those three things. So any time during the song, go ahead.
I'm going to quote um, one of my friend's churches in Southern California. He said uh, at the end of every sermon, he would say, now this is when the sermon begins. I have given you the, the easy part. I've said, don't operate in guilt. I haven't told you how to do it. Good luck. <laughs> I've told you how to not operate in guilt, that you shouldn't operate in guilt in your own life, how to not operate in guilt in others and not operate in guilt in God, because we all acknowledge that is not the way to go. It's not the way to inner peace. It's not the way to bring closer uh, to people closer to you. It's not the way to get closer to God. Plain and simple, you all know that. Well, now, go with him and do not operate and guilt. Operate in love. Have the best 2023. Holy cow. Are you ready? It's going to be a good one. <laughs> Go with him.